Hello and welcome to the show. Today you're joined by me, Reese Elsie, and our guest Lydia May. Hi, Hi. Reese. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. It's been a, a great day. Whereabouts are you based? Well, currently I'm in Croydon at the moment, but um, originally I'm from Melbourne, Australia. So I moved over here in 2018 to um, go to Brit, but I'm just down the road from school at the moment. And so that must have been a really weird journey going from Melbourne and Australia to Croydon. Yeah, obviously it's a bit of a... (laughs) Bit of a mix going from sandy beaches to beautiful scenic Croydon. But um, no, I'm really glad I did it. Definitely a culture shock though as well. All I can say is that if I didn't speak the language, I'd have absolutely no clue what was going on. That's the most difficult thing of moving a country. But yeah, you're yeah. lucky that English is quite a across language in both countries. So <laughs> what, what kind of the biggest difference you, you found or difficulties you found kind of I think- moving across? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is just the scale of everything. You have everything here as you do in Melbourne because it's such a big um, wealthy city but everything's just magnified I mean including the issues with it as well but you'll just find it's so much easier to find what you're looking for in terms of your circle your audience or your music networking it's just brilliant and especially for creatives I mean I'm lucky enough to still be at school and I'm very aware of how the industry can Spit us up and chew us out but at the moment I'm so grateful to be at Brit and in London as a young musician and performing. I can't wait to get onto your music because your music sounds thank you. amazing. Oh, um, thank you. Before your days of music how did you feel your time in your childhood? Well it was a range it was still music based my mum's an opera singer and my dad um, is a guitarist so I was thrown into ballet classes and musical theatre from a very young age and then I went down the um, choral singing route and I picked up the trombone a couple years after all of that. So I stuck with dance and I stuck with um, musical theatre, lots of brilliant sparkly costumes. And then I transitioned into songwriting at about 12 um, while still keeping it up. And then a couple years down the track after I'd done my first album, I stopped everything just to focus on Brit and music and songwriting. And is that when you decided that singing and songwriting was what you wanted to do? I think it's what is the driving force of where I want to be career-wise, but I just want to be a part of the arts industry, I guess. I don't necessarily want to always stay as a musician. I love acting. I love painting. I love visual design. Um, I love the business side of everything. I mean, if I was smarter and I'd taken math A level, I would have probably enjoyed economics. <laughs> but as I where I am now, it's definitely me introducing myself as hi I'm Lydia May I'm a sing-songwriter can I play your song (laughs) rather than um hi I want to I'm just a creative I think I'm really lucky to be in a position where I can exercise just being a songwriter and obviously you really do exercise telling your stories which in the album Orbit that we'll be talking about uh, every song is so unique and different in the story that they tell is the storytelling part what's lured you to the music side of creativity Lyrically, I always find myself doubting my words and what I write down. I think because I write all from a personal experience, I kind of see writing some of my songs as free therapy. I definitely started writing songs to channel a lot of mental health issues I was struggling um, at a younger age. Lyrically, I really enjoy writing about my own life from a different perspective. So using the third perspective to talk about a personal experience so I can almost disassociate me and my connection to the story and building a character that everyone could relate to. 
And of course, with music, people can find their own meanings exactly. and latch onto it. Yeah. Uh, stepping aside from music just quickly, were there any other dream jobs that you had growing up? Actually, I really wanted to be a pilot, but I went um, on this medication that um, I had to sign a waiver that said I'll never get in a plane without presenting oh. my documentation. I know it was really <laughs> extreme, but um, so that was shortly short-lived dream, but I did, I because I'd been on so many planes coming um, to visit my family in London from about to the age of like six months old. I just loved it. I loved the idea of being in control of a really big bird, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that was in my head, but it was short-lived. So we're stuck with the guitar for now. <laughs> we're stuck with the guitar until we can invent flying guitars, perhaps. <laughs> Probably, maybe. I'll, yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Get back to me on that one. <laughs> um, is there a point in your childhood where you really felt that has shaped your your style as a musician? Oh, I think being a part of um, the choir that my mum put me in uh, to audition for when I was like nine, I was just surrounded by these wonderful harmonies and we'd do all these, the repertoire was just amazing. It was so diverse. And I remember going on um, this tour of Northern Australia and we took, and us as like a choir of 50 high school kids, we went and performed this beautiful music to um, Aboriginal communities, uh, primary school kids as well. And it was just so magical because I was only 11, 12 myself. And just seeing how brilliant music could connect people who didn't speak the same language. I mean, Aboriginal communities versus um, a predominantly white choir coming from Melbourne, it was just lovely to use music to introduce to people that I would otherwise have zero connection with and that's I think what I really want to do with my music now and why it's so great that you can put something out and everyone can listen to it in the world if they have access to and that's the great thing about your, your streaming services with Spotify and mm. obviously your Amazon Music is anyone from anywhere in the world can listen to your music so yeah. when your album Orbit comes out there's no excuse <laughs> for no there's one no to excuse. not hear it <laughs> you have to go have to go tell all the friends <laughs> I expect everybody to be listening to your album. Yeah. We are going to be playing the temp song in the album, Seeing Lights, which is this really mystic intro, which I love. Um, oh. How did you approach writing this song? Well, like all of my songs, uh, it starts off with a little idea coming to my head and then me running to my piano, uh, bashing out some chords, and then I'll probably forget about it for like four or five months, won't come back to it. And then I'll be going through all of my voice recordings and I'll be like, oh, I like that one. Yeah, let's let's develop that. So I'll write the song. I'll put it on um, Logic is what I use. And then um, I'll start arranging it. So I think what I really tried to do with a lot of my arrangements is create like a marshmallow of sound. So it's quite inspired from Ariana Grande and her arrangements, to be honest, filling it with a lot of airy vocal harmonies and big puffy synths. I want to kind of absorb you guys when you put your earbuds in and listen to one of my songs I want you to be kind of transformed to a different planet hence orbit I really kind of want to take you guys on a spaceship journey of sound that I've created and when listening to it I could really hear the marshmallow of harmonies that's really <laughs> okay. a strong point I can't wait to play this song for people um but your, your lyrics really trigger loads of thoughts in my imagination and they're really just captivating to listen to a quote from seeing lights there is a lyric if you hide from the shadows long enough they will come and get you I think if I hide this song from the listeners long enough I think the gods of music will come and get me so <laughs> we're gonna be playing the song seeing lights from Lily May's album Orbit
back to the show seeing lights that song is one of the best ones on the album but they are all amazing it must have taken you a really long time to write the album from start to finish so what was the first feeling that you felt when you finished the album god it was a bit of a shock because i'd been i'd gone from recording it well i'd gone from writing the songs in my bedroom to being in a studio and recording it for the first time and then COVID happened so we finished it on zoom over um, lockdown and then really when I got it I'm so used to something being burned onto a CD which is quite old-fashioned to be honest but I got a Dropbox link to all of the 11 songs that just said album final mix and I was like it's done now what do I do now we release it it's so satisfying and it's the third project in my discography but I think more importantly it's the first project that all the songwriting and music and lyric credits are in my name young female musician and songwriter that's such a rarity in the industry and if I can keep that up whilst building my team and fan base I will be more successful than I could ever appreciate 
and that idea of seeing all your songs in one place in one complete album must be so empowering as a musician. It's really nice. It's like a physical embodiment of validation. Even if no one's heard it yet, yeah. it's like, this can't be taken away from my name, you know? And to know it's complete, it must be just a bit of a relief as well. Uh, oh, definitely. It's like, okay, yeah. we can take a break now. It's all good. <laughs> when did you start the first song? The first song that was written uh, was Dancing in the Rain, and I wrote it in September 2019. But some of the ideas, they draw back to like, 2017 I think um whilst before I'd done my EP that I recently that I released in 2019 um I took voice recordings uh from years ago that you can hear elements on the album now and I think I'll always be doing that I'll always be looking through old recordings seeing what titles I've called things that stand out and drawing as much as I can into my music um, I'm quite prolific with coming up with new ideas. So I'd love, I love to reuse stuff that I've done rather than feel the need to write a new verse. I'm sure I've got like five already planned out ideas that I could fit in. Um, and I love piecing it all together. It's really satisfying. It's like a little puzzle in my brain seeing what's, what's meant to go here. Oh yeah, that, that's it. I get it. Obviously they sound great together as one big group, but they're all so unique and different. How did you think um, about pulling them all together? Obviously their, their sounds are so unique. Their stories are so unique. How did you put them in into one album? I always struggle with this. I'm going to be honest. I always struggle, um, especially arranging a, like track order for the album. It's always like, there's so many different ways of doing it. Um, it's not like a Rubik's cube. There's one way to fit it all in. So a lot of going back and forth, I will be honest, um, changing the starts and ends of the songs to fit in with one another. And I guess just listening to it in order a lot of the time and thinking, how does this make me feel? How is it going to make someone else feel? Do I want them to be sad next? Do I want them to feel happier? Do I want it to be uplifting? So I really want it to take, I really want it like all my projects to take the listeners on a wave like journey. So you don't completely drop and then completely peak, but way back up. It's just an emotional roller coaster, I guess, which smooths out and you can kind of listen to it coherently and feel something or connect with it, you know? And or you can just skip it, listen to one and be done with it. Either way, it's just really nice to have something that musically and emotionally makes sense to me, at least. I personally don't recommend to anyone skipping any songs. <laughs> don't do it. That's nice to they're hear. All, they're all amazing. Do you have any particular favourites? I love, um, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. It's the second last song on the album and the second last one I was written. And I just think it's a bit passive aggressive. It's a bit like, well, screw you, you know. Um, it was written not to an ex-boyfriend, but to an ex-friend saying um, kind of, sorry, I shouldn't have waved. Um, I thought you were somebody else because I thought you were my friend, but actually I don't need you anymore and I don't need to ask for help. You really do have the passive aggressive uh, tone in that song, and it's great. Great. It <laughs> differentiates from the other songs so well. Orbit is one of my personal favorites of the album, oh. which we'll be playing a little snippet for the listeners at the end of the show. I won't ask specifically about mm -hmm. your stories in your songs, okay. because I believe listeners find their own stories in it that relate to them. Yeah. But when listening to your album, what messages do you want people to take out of it? I just want you to go in with an open mind. If you're prepared to listen to all 43, 44 minutes of it, I just want you to 
find your own connections to the song and if you can link any negativity to them and use it as an outlet whack it out sing it out anyway drive along a main road and just play it at 1am I don't care it's, I think it's really important to find moments where you can take yourself out of real life and I think music is a brilliant invisible thing that does that so if I can create something that can be cathartic or therapeutic for somebody else I am so happy and it makes my heart glow that I can do that and that people want to invest in that with the launch of your second album where would you like to see yourself going in the next few years I kind of timeline my life in two years at a time I can't really see further along than that but I want to do a third album I definitely do I know it's like moving from one thing to another but I just want to keep creating music that I own and that I enjoy listening to and that I can build as much of a fan base and make some friends all over the world who we can all jam to the same music to. Um, and as long as I have my piano and a guitar and I guess my computer, I will still be producing it, even if I can't financially make a living off of it. Um, but Hopefully we can. Um, I also want to be studying, not learning how to fly a plane. It's We've moved past that one. But um, if it's more business stuff or if it's, who knows? I still am a musician at heart. And I think if I can be an entertainer or get into humanitarian and philanthropic work, as long as I'm working with people to achieve a better society for a small percentage of us, I don't really care how I do that. I think people are more important to me than fame and money, but I would like to be connecting people with music if I can. Just listening to your music is already making a better impact on people. <laughs> it's really great. And on the 29th of October, everyone can listen to the album. They and you can. your launch event. We you do. must be excited. I am very excited. I'm very nervous. I will be honest. I'm sweating all over just thinking about it. But I've got my beautiful band there and we're going to be doing nine of the songs from the album. So you have to come pretty much. I'm very excited. It's my first proper launch that I'm doing uh, and people are coming to see me to perform my own music. It's it's crazy. I'm so, so excited. Everyone has to buy a ticket. That's against the rules not to. Where can people <laughs> look to buy the tickets? What kind of details are there? My Instagram, they can go on hotvox.uk. Um, they're there as well. Any of the other bands, they're all sharing it on socials. You can always DM me and I'll send you a private link as well to the thing. It's great, but it's £8 online and £9 at the door. And I think you should buy them quick because they're going to sell out. You heard that, £8 <laughs> online, £9 at the door. You have to be 14 plus. Head you to do. the hotvox website to go and book your tickets online or again you can go on to lydia may's instagram or the other bands to find the tickets you've got is george the musician he's playing oh we do yes we've got george laws who's also in my class he's opening he's the first support act we've got sonic days brilliant electronic duo uh and then frankie as well helping them with that so it's very big brit emphasis i'm really happy that i've drawn other people from the year level in to do it but we're headlining at 10, so you have to stick around to the end. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait to be there. But if you can't make it, you can always listen to the album when it releases mm -hmm. on the 29th. Absolutely everywhere. And, you know, I can burn you a CD and post it in the mail if you want. You heard it. There's no excuse not to hear <laughs> Lydia May's music. Thank you for being on the show, Lydia. It's been great to have you. I can't wait for everyone else to hear your album, you know, pick their favourite songs, find their journeys. Orbit will be releasing on the 29th of October. As promised, I'll play a little teaser 
for you of the song Orbit from the album. Thank you very much for being on the show, Lydia. Thank you. I've been Reese Elsie. Thanks for listening. Hard copy books with the smell of black coffee. Suddenly I'm awake. She knows I like to feel all the flowers. But it's really how they look. And I say, hold on till your body breaks. Cause the world is running out. Yeah.